a Lifetime original podcast. I should be on soap operas. I think maybe the one thing holding me back is I should get veneers. Please weigh in. Let me know if I should get veneers. (laughs) (laughs) Because it's like I don't have fake boobs. So like that's kind of out. I got a big old fat Midwestern booty. So it's like unless (laughs) unless I'm doing some sort of like villain with the donkey booty. I don't know what. What are you talking about donkey booty? I love a Lifetime movie. I really married Kevin McAllister. Y'all, she is off the rails. A singles retreat sounds like one of the bleakest things on earth. It's an epi. It's an epi. It's Lifetime. It's an epi. I gotta get out of this house and have 17 glasses of wine. Chekhov's peanuts. You know I love peanuts. I saw a broom with a wig on it. (laughs) What are you two doing here? Oh, I think you should have a hunch. If this is about Zach, you both better mind your own business. You didn't really think he was going to meet you here, did you? Like some little secret lover's rendezvous? Zach's not coming. I didn't think he'd actually be interested in someone as pathetic as you. What did you say to him? Your obsession with Zach and Jules, it's got to stop. All right, get a life, expand your horizons, or we're going to have a problem. Is that a threat? You're damn right it is. Hello, and welcome to a brand new episode that will also be our final episode of I Love a Lifetime Movie. And so I'll I am Megan Neely, joined by my star, to be my, my queen, after the, the beacon of light that shines on me it's and my so whole family. Hard. You hear her. You love her. I saw her do a brilliant set of stand-up. Oh, boy. Naomi Ekmerigan. I had to take us out. Oof. I had to take okay, us so out. Okay, so that's babe. the song. That's the. I've been thinking of Vitamin C's graduation song. Mmm, that is also good. That's the soundtrack for this being the end for me. <laughs> As we go on. We we'll remember. I mean, we were so, that came out like my senior year. Like, yes. It was like, wow, <laughs> you did this for me personally. Oh, I got my Naomi, oh. I got my Colts cup, and I got my Daisy cup. And that's all I need. That's all we need. That's all we need to get through. You guys, as you all know, this is the final episode. As Megan said, thank you all so much for writing to us. I mean, the, the DMs yeah. were a buzz. All right, this past week, I do apologize for the phrase special announcement that did lead some of you to believe we were starring in a Lifetime movie. Something good was happening. Because I... <laughs> yeah. I said, no. No. No, that's it not it. That's been, not it. It should have been like crying emoji. You know, it. it yeah. The, <laughs> the headline did not match. It should have been buckle up. Oh. Thank you for the DMs. Thank you to the woman who messaged me and said she did send an email to Lifetime what? expressing her displeasure. Yeah, wow. She did. And I said, you know what? Thank you. Take it Thank to the you. top. She said, dear, you know, I learned yesterday Disney owns a stake in A&E, which owns Lifetime. Yes, it does. Disney owns A&E. Wow. And you know what? You see what these companies do. I mean, right, we're also on double strike, <laughs> right? Double so strike. we know we're on double strike and singular let go. And it's just like, you know what these corporations said? We don't want nobody to have nothing. Nope. That's what these corporations said, Megan. Nope. And you know, my realtor brother, who I love dearly, 
has been a guest on this pod goes, can't you guys just start working again? <laughs> <laughs> and I got really mad at him and he had to apologize. <laughs> oh, good. Yeah. Good. Put him in his place. I said, can't you just for one day not be a contrarian <laughs> to someone you love and who has supported and loved your family? And he goes, you're right. I'm, I'm being a hater. <laughs> and the world's filled with haters. But... Naomi and I got to do stand-up together on Saturday. Yes. Megan killed it. Hysterical. Oh, you were amazing. You were, I mean, well, I tried to make you go last because I was supposed to go last. And then I got there and I said, I'm not going last. Even though I stayed till the end of the show. I just like to be men. I want to clock out. Me too. Well, that's why I love to go second. I will go second and stay until closing time. But I would like to relax. I'll go first. I'll host. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I'll be a waitress. I'll do whatever you need me to do. I just don't want to go last. And so then I was like, Naomi needs to go last because she's the best. But, you know, because I don't do stand up as much right now, you know, it's not like I have my go to killer set. So it's like I want to be I want to be loose. I'm trying to make myself try new stuff. Yeah. Nestle me in the middle. So you kind of don't remember. But here's the thing. What happened, though? I love going after you because I can do a lot of response. Right. Like. That can be like Megan Gailey, whitest person I know, whitest person I trust. And, you know, like, this is what allyship looks like. But because the host went between us and did like 10 minutes, I couldn't do that. Yeah. And he's a black man. Right. right. (laughs) And I was like, I can't use Megan as like my launching pad (laughs) the way I I planned to when I saw we were after each other, you know? There's nothing lonelier than stand-up comedy. It's a lonely, solitary art form, if we can even call it that. (laughs) And yet, in our solitude, we find each other. Honey, we found love in a hopeless place. Oh, my gosh. That's it. That's it. And speaking of love in a hopeless place, and as we said, we got so many messages. Just wanted to shout out a few of the ones that, you know, touched our hearts and also said we could read them on the podcast. Okay, I do want to to specify that. Okay, I don't want anyone feeling like they were unseen. But, you know, I truly did love we got a tweet at Megan Gailey and at Blacktress saying, Megan Gailey and Blacktress's announcement that they aren't going to be doing I Love a Lifetime movie anymore is like hearing your parents say they're getting divorced. And unlike what happened when my parents got divorced, I am devastated. And that really meant something to me, you know, to feel like, you know, we are someone's mothers. Yeah. And we're not, you and I are staying together. It's like, yeah. you're, it's more your parents are abandoning you. But our <laughs> parents have abandoned us. You know, it's sort of a domino yeah. effect of yeah, abandonment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Generational trauma intergenerational trauma. Yeah, I mean, the cycle continues of poverty and of trauma. (laughs) We got so many messages, so they were so fun and kind. It almost made me think, I think the podcast is successful. (laughs) But alas, not enough. Okay, I'm going to be reading this next one. Now, this one's a little longer, but it touches us. I just wanted to thank you and tell you how much I'm going to miss the pod. The laughs have kept me going through an ended engagement. Let's call the Lifetime movie Booze and Betrayal. I mean... I said, I see it. I see it. And helped me bond with my teen and preteen daughters who had become a bit sullen, as we've seen in Lifetime movies, as they are going to do. We loved listening to you Thursday mornings on our ride to school, watching the age-appropriate movies together, 
eating popcorn, and even watch some of your stand-up together. Probably yours, because I don't know if mine's age appropriate. You created something <laughs> really special, and I'm going to miss your dynamics so much. You've both got stands for life in the least creepy and stalkerish way possible. I hope the strike ends soon, and as Thank writers, you. actors, you get the rights and compensation you deserve. All the luck and well wishes in your next chapters will be following and rooting for you. Megan. I mean, I'm... I can't cry. We haven't even gotten into the movie and I'm already going to cry. I know, but this is so kind because this for me, you know, first of all, you know, this, the person who wrote that, her name is Megan. Yeah. Spelled like yours. Spelled all right. The so this way. is the, the correct way. A true sister. Mm -hmm. And to me, what I loved about this message, obviously, you know, so kind, so well written, not surprised. Right. But I was like, oh, she is fully a lifetime heroine. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, ended engagement, mom with two sassy teens. Like, you can see them moving to a town for a fresh start. Right. You know, like, that's booze and betrayal. And it's like, booze and betrayal is movie one. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? And then movie two is like, fresh start in a new town. And she meets a hot restaurateur. It almost sounds like our podcast was their fresh start. Mm, okay, now I'm going to cry. Megan? <laughs> to find something to you connect with your sullen teen daughters, I mean, that's... That's better than hitting the jackpot. Well, I'm going to take this moment now that I know some solid teens listening. You better be nice to your mama. Yeah. Okay, I, both of y'all, you stop giving her a hard-ass time, okay? Because yeah. y'all be out here with this attitude, and she doing her damn best, okay? She doing her damn best for you. It's really hard. She carried you in her. She grew you. She birthed you. And the final shout-out, you know, has to be to... I'm going to call this our anonymous benefactor, mm -hmm. our, our silent donor. Lady Havisham? Was that her name? <laughs> I think so. The person who we still don't know who they are. No. The creator of the I Love a Lifetime movie quotes Instagram page. Now, when I say you came into our lives, all right, you showed us love mm -hmm. when our own parents didn't show us love, mm -hmm. all right? You made memes. You gave us cookies and cream. People, a lot of people in DMs reference our R&B duo, Cookies <laughs> and Cream, Megan. And so, you know, this person, you, you're amazing. We love you. I really wish I knew who you were. But also you staying anonymous is like very dramatic, very lifetime. It really is. It's, <laughs> it's so like... lifetime. And it's like, are you committing crimes on the side? Exactly. <laughs> it, was, it was one of those things. It's like, I didn't know I needed it until it was in my life. And then I was like, yes. I, I can't go on unless I love a lifetime movie quotes. Instagram is co-signing the things I'm doing. Exactly. When you get a clip, you're like, okay, that was a good one then. That has to have been a good one if they if they took the yeah. time out of their day because this is a person with a full job and a life and i'm like okay that had to be a good clip i'm gonna say too i've been doing my own podcast couples therapy for five years not a single fan page to be found we're inspiring <gasps> wow. nothing. all right we're inspiring nothing. take that andy <laughs> and they posted a story you know we love them because they're giving the breaking news to the to the listeners they're they're out here to the follow and they wrote, even though I knew this was coming, it's still a little bit of a heartbreaker. If Naomi and Megan just published their voice notes, I'm sure we would all listen to that podcast. Yes, and probably our subsequent cancellation <laughs> in <that> society. <laughs> a big goal of making this account was to be supportive of them because it's so, so important to support projects and people you like and to generate excitement and interest around standout projects. Wow. I'm sure this was a lot of work for everyone involved in this podcast. Absolutely. Shout out to producer Aisha. And I really appreciate the work they put into making this. I also started this account in the summer of 2021, which is when I was still isolating a lot due to the pandemic. And I can't describe how great it's been to connect with other fans of the show. Being on the internet at all 
at that time was not fun. And the followers <laughs> of this account have been nothing but absolutely wonderful with every interaction. Mm. The followers here are a truly special group of people who have just always impressed me with their sense of humor, kindness, and intelligence. And it's been really nice to be a part of this corner of the internet and to get to interact with everyone. Anyways, thank you so much for being here. And we thank you. So true that even the fan account is like, these are really good fans. <laughs> and, uh, they're, they're, they're the boots on the ground. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Boots on the ground. They're, and it's so true. It's like, even when someone kindly comes into my DM to correct me, to fact check me, to correct mm-hmm. me, everyone's lovely. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like, that's like the worst it is. It's like a fact check. And it's always from someone who's like, I am a district attorney. I <laughs> am a lady doctor. And you're like, you're correct. <laughs> I know for, for movies that are filled with some of the most heinous people we've ever seen, the people that watch these are the loveliest. Truly. Truly. And it's good to know we're not alone, right? Because we started as people who were like, yes, we love these movies. They are insane. And then everybody else was like, me too. Even though a lot of people also said I've never seen a single one. Of course, of course. (laughs) I think we're going to see an I Love a Lifetime movie fan in the White House. And maybe they'll just Mm. be there on a tour. But... But we're going straight to the top. We're the oh. fa- the fans are not over, and I and I really can't thank you all enough for how kind you were when I was pregnant and then had Conrad. Like it truly. Yeah. I remember one gal. She was like, "Listen, I was off Instagram, and I got on just to see if you had had Conrad." <laughs> that meant <laughs> so much to me that you would break your social media strike to see my birth. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Now I'm just imagining, you said we'll see a Lifetime listener in the White House. Now I'm just imagining like a pink fedora on a bust Uh, of Abraham Lincoln. You know, someone just like, very where's Waldo, spot the pink fedora in the White House or something. What if it's his (laughs) top hat, his usual top hat, but it's just hot pink? (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. Uh, Yeah, we need someone to have sex with a pool boy in the Lincoln bedroom. (laughs) Okay. <laughs> okay. Someone get on it immediately. Please never stop DMing us when you see a pink fedora. All right. Never if, that's, if that's my legacy on earth, I will be happy with that. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, oh, we've been mushy. We've been too mushy. Mm-hmm. You know what? We got another movie. We didn't just come here to say how much we love you. We got to give you one last movie for the road. And this movie brings it. It is called Deadly Mom Retreat. While going through a difficult divorce, Newly single mom Jules jumps at the chance for some R&R when her new besties invite her to a singles wilderness retreat. Mm? Sounds ominous. Uh, Terrible. (laughs) (laughs) But after experiencing several near-fatal accidents, she learns things aren't what they seem. Oh, I'm obsessed when things aren't what they seem. Now, Jules must fight back if she ever hopes to start fresh. Now, you guys, you got to know this final film is a Marvis to joint. Mm -hmm. So we are going out strong, in good hands. Let's get into it. 
architects. We got a lady architect. Not a husband. Not a Christmas movie. We've got a lady architect in a thriller. I'm sorry. I didn't know that was legal. I didn't know women could be architects. It is groundbreaking. She's getting ready for a mom's night out when she gets a very scary, ominous text. And the text is, I'm always watching you, which coming from like a lover. I guess I would like if CJ texted me that, I'd be like, why? Go to work. (laughs) She hears a noise and she grabs a bedside baseball bat we also have a bedside baseball bat you do because i was like i love her i was like okay you know this is the first lifetime woman who said bat at the ready yep and i said okay jules but then but wait wait, wait. why do y'all have a bedside baseball bat just because the world <laughs> just because the world it's i at one point it was under the bed now i mean cj's side of the bed is like loose socks <laughs> contact cases true i mean just cans and cans of LaCroix, Diet <laughs> Cherry Pepsi. I mean, so the baseball bat honestly may have just been like junk that seems like it's a weapon now. <laughs> but yes, we have a baseball bat. I know people that have slept with a butcher knife underneath their bed. Yeah. Just, yeah. I think it's, it, it does seem kind of reassuring to be like, I've got a weapon right here if I hear anything. Yeah, 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 absolutely, absolutely. Now, it's funny because as you were describing the side of the bed, I was like, oh, I'm CJ. But then you lost me at the cans. So my side of the bed, it's like I de- very much have loose socks, two pairs of flip-flops, sometimes three, a tangle of cords because I'm now yeah. keeping my heating pad plugged in permanently so I can just put it on my back in the night. Yeah. Water bottles, that's my thing. It's like a water bottle yeah. I've started or literally maybe has half an inch of water left. Yes. <laughs> and I just oh, like have it. Right. right. And, and you can't drink that because it's probably gone bad. Exactly. You know, because it's like just it, the sun and your backwash. Megan, thank you for understanding that yes. sometimes you you think the water can go bad because Andy goes, why? And I'm like, I think it's maybe you, bad. It's bad. You, like, have to, you have to pour it on plants. And even them, I'm yeah. like, sorry, I'm not giving you the best. We will lay in bed. It'll be like 11 p.m. Like, I've got a glass of water. We're like laying down, going to, and I'll hear him pop a can open. And I'm like, <laughs> what are you drinking? Like a night seltzer? A Just night, a night seltzer. Yes. Or a diet cherry Pepsi. <laughs> Pre-bedtime. Does he wake up nine times in a night to pee? No. Caffeine has wow. zero effect on him. He never goes pee. I, it's, <laughs> he, I really married Kevin McAllister. Like, it's like <laughs> his parents forgot him and he's like, ah! running around the house like that. You're just like, okay, night, night. Have your warm diet cherry Pepsi. Okay. So she's got her bat. She's walking through the house. My first thought, though, when I see the bat, too, the fact that she's a bat at the ready, I was like, okay, how deep is this stalker if she's got a bat at the ready, right? Because we've seen that scary text, and I was like, okay, if you're at the point in this situation where you have a bat right at hand, you must have been in this for a while. Some shit's going on. Yeah. Yes. My first impression of Jules is that she feels too uppity to be a lifetime protagonist. When she's on the phone, she's like, I'm so glad that the renderings had a positive response amongst the group. Like, I don't know. There's just, and maybe that's... Maybe that's a lady architect. Maybe I'm just responding negatively <laughs> to something that I've never seen before. No, no, no. I believe that Jules is having trouble with her lines. Uh, I get the sense no. of the breakneck pace of a lifetime shoot means that she is giving us she's giving us stiff readings. 
And I think she is literally struggling to keep all the words in her head. She's probably got, what, 10 days to shoot the whole thing? Yeah. You know, it's like, it's kind of like soap operas. Where it's like, you got to memorize all this. And I said, honey, unless there are cue cards, I could never. And there are times where some of that is feeling stiff to me. I can memorize really fast. Like, it is one of my skills. Do I book anything? No. But it's made me be (laughs) like, I should be on soap operas. I think maybe the one thing holding me back is I should get veneers. Please weigh in. Let me know if I should get veneers. <laughs> because it's like I don't have fake boobs. So like that's kind of out. I got a big old fat Midwestern booty. So it's like unless <laughs> unless I'm doing some sort of like villain with the donkey booty. I don't know what. What are you talking about donkey booty? Y'all, she is off the rails. Well, there, was, there was a whole subplot on a season of Real Housewives of Atlanta where two of the ladies, Phaedra and Kenya, were releasing conflicting and competitive competitive workout booty videos (laughs) (laughs) and one of them was donkey booty (laughs) (laughs) okay let's go back to Jules who would never have a booty video now the fact is she's walking through her house by herself and who is in the house her ex-husband Tom let himself in the house now this is not the first time we've had an ex-husband let himself in a house and it's one of my biggest pet peeves and it will be the last because the podcast is over but it won't be the last in the lifetime universe no it won't these husbands love letting themselves in ex-husband Tom it's when he's a very thick beard Mm -hmm. all right it is thick it is full and he really wants to get back together Mm -hmm. it's like a lot his I found his beard to be overwhelming oh I, I see the way you were saying it and the way you wrote about it I was like I think Naomi's hot for this beard. I mean, I enjoy a beard on a man. I think we don't get them a lot in Lifetime movies. You know, they're like few and far between, so they really stand out. We get them a lot at stand-up shows. (laughs) A lot of beards. But Tom, I don't know. You know what I was going to say? He's tall and thin and all beard. And his beard is such that I can't see the rest of his face. I'm like, what else is going on with you? Yes. And and he's got sort of that like chic dad coat on. Also, it's important to note that this film, it's not a Christmas film, but it is set at Christmas. Well, it's set in wintertime. It's right. giving us Canadian winter. But I see multiple trees with like Christmas trees with lights. Like they don't ever name check Christmas. We never like, n- but I think it's November or December. And he looks like one of the dads that's in, like, the December to remember, like, Lexus commercial. Because he's oh. got his jacket and his beard. And he just sort of, like, eh, he's not full waspy. But it's also, like, you seem like a rich guy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know what he would be, too? A watch commercial. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, with a hairy wrist. Yes. You know, and he's and he's really kind of giving you that level of cool he wants to get back together with Jules and Jules is like, no, but then kind of maybe not because they have a daughter named Rosalie and we hear about the daughter before we even see her. And I'm always like, okay, we've checked a child, which one means our, our lead will never die because we value mothers so much. But then also the kid is like, oh, this is why she thinks maybe she should get back together. You know what I mean? Because it's like, what about our family? What about our child? So it's like, he's using that to me. He's like, well, what about Rosalie? And I want to be a family and I want to be with you. And it's like, oh. Jules is really beautiful. And Jules has a big booty. I say that with love. So this means you can be a Jules. I can be a Jules. And Jules does not have veneers. No, Jules has natural teeth. They're in Canada. So I think I got to go to Canada. Oh my God. Megan, you could be the lead of a Christmas movie in Canada. Well, I'm going to Canada next week. You are. Sit down. No, I don't. Literally, you just came back from Vegas. Before that, she was in Indiana. Now you're telling me you're going to Canada next week. I'm going to Montreal next week. Oh, Montreal Comedy Festival, you guys. I'm going just for one night. 
one night of Just for Laughs. Isn't Megan the busiest mom you know? I'm really tired. I feel like Conrad came out the womb and she said, babe, we got a spot. We I got know. a spot tonight. Oh, I said, don't even cut the cord. Let me just drag him drag him around by it. Yeah, drag him to the club. Quite honestly, I could use it. It's a great opener. Yeah, and you know what? Little, little known fact, I'm pretty hungover right now. <laughs> My parents are in town, and I said, I got to get out of this house and have 17 glasses of wine. So that's where we're at. Okay, so sorry. We could not stay on Jules today. Listen, Jules basically says, Tom, get out of here. I have plans. And her plans are to go to the nearby bar to meet her gal pals, Karen and Marissa. And, you know, this is where the Canadianness of the motion picture really came together for me. I saw them in this restaurant. You know, it's supposed to be some sort of mixer, but there are only like 12 people in the entire very large space. And... I said, unless they're following COVID protocols, keeping six feet distance, it's just too empty. This is too empty. Yeah. Sort of the literary device of this film is this singles group. We don't need yeah. it. Yeah, it, yeah, yeah. It's not, it's, it doesn't feel real. It's not necessary. And I, it just like, it rings very hollow to me. It's funny because you do say that and we're going to unpack it, the feelings you have about it. I think it just could have been played less formally. Okay, yes. Meaning if she was starting out, so basically she's in this singles thing and she, her friends Karen and Marissa. Now immediately I recognize Marissa. Marissa is played by a working actress, honey. Yeah. She has the credits. I was like, I know her. She's been up in here in every procedural. Every she's single working. procedural. She books. She books. We're talking every CSI, Bones, NCIS. Elementary. She's doing them all. She's high status. She's giving you FBI special agent so-and-so. You know, she's the one who comes in from a field office. She's had an arc or an, an important guest appearance. I went through her IMDb and it's extensive. Little known film, I'd never heard of it, called Kid Cannabis. No, what? <laughs> kid weed? So I then I was then I went down a dark hole of kid cannabis and it, they were they're 19. And it's like, well, that's not a kid. That's why I had to go. I go, I don't want to see 12 year olds smoking weed. OK, sorry. Back to the film. But when I see Marissa, though, actress's name is Christina Cox. But my thing is, it's like when you watch a Law and Order and there's a celebrity. Yeah. Whenever I see someone high profile, I go, she's got to be the bad guy. Because mm. no one high profile says, I'm coming out in a Canadian winter to just be a friend who agrees. You know what I mean? Right. She doesn't necessarily need it. Granted, we are striking. There could have been a world where she said, I got to make my minimum for health insurance. <laughs> okay? Maybe she says, I got to do it. I got to make my health insurance. Right. But she's like, I want to be two on the call sheet. Maybe I'll be one. Once I kill. <laughs> so I see that and I go, okay, so Marissa something. But then Karen, Karen's job is to just be there and be horny the entire movie. Drunk horn dog. <laughs> yeah, just looking at guys. She literally comes into a scene for 10 seconds and then it's like, hello there. You know, and just like finds a man and follows him off. And it's like, good for you. Here's where I start having issues with the film. I was promised moms. Karen, not a mom. Totally fine. She's like, I have dogs, you know, and then she's off to go have sex. But it's like a horny mom. No, that's fun. So we've got Jules, who's like a mom. We've really not seen the kid. Marissa is a mom, is a mom. but like doesn't seem to care. And then we're introduced <laughs> to this guy in the singles group that Jules likes. His name is Zach. And his mm. hair is like what they I do can't. to a one-year-old when they get their first haircut. Like they like <laughs> it's so wetted down. It's so slick down. The part's so deep. What are they doing? It is but 
bizarre. It is the wild. only thing I could look at was how strange his hair looked. Well, the whole thing is Jewel's supposed to have a crush on him, but they honestly mm. look more like siblings to me. And I just felt like, okay, Tom was coming in really masked with a thick beard that almost looked like a face merkin. And then this guy with the one-year-old haircut. And I just said, Jules, I don't know what you're doing. Yeah. How slim are the pickings in the singles group? I actually think Zach feels the most representative of a real-life man who would go to a singles group. It is like, I, I'm going to go meet some ladies. I'll wet my hair down. Like, okay, little Nikki. But it seems like Zach and Jules are getting along and chatting and flirting when this blonde woman comes over. All attitude. Her name is Georgia. And she literally, they're in a conversation. Jules is like, yeah, I got the big project at work. You know, they've chosen her architecture firm. They see me vibing. And then Jules just comes over, drapes her arm over Zach. And is like, oh my God, Zach, I've been looking for you. Come meet my friends. And Zach gets up and goes. Yep. Megan, I'm done with him. I'm done with him. Yeah. Absolutely. I was like, he's terrible. He's not worth it. Get him out of here. And Georgia is so classic. Woman with like, the most forgettable, like, features and everything, but blonde hair. <laughs> and so men are like, I saw a broom with a wig on it, you know? And then they just, like, ch- they're like, she's hot. And it's literally a dustbuster with a blonde wig. And you're like, okay. <laughs> I think Zach may be the only man in the singles group. But we see a couple guys, like, in the background, because, of course, horny well, Karen. Well, Karen's having sex Yeah, with horny. <laughs> yeah, Karen's have. So it's like, <laughs> Karen's had sex with everyone. But Zach, I wish I could take the cameraman and go, Forget Jules. Jules is nothing. Focus on Karen. Karen. Now that, because some of these relationships are going to fall apart. (laughs) And and I would like to see the lifetime treatment when that happens. Yeah. Yeah. My thing though is like, if Zach doesn't have the maturity, the backbone and decency to say, like literally, hey, Georgia, I'm in a conversation with Jules right now. I'll talk to you later. I'll be over in a second. Yeah. If you can't do that, he is not somebody to date. I don't care if he is a fifth grade teacher. Like, it's like, literally, he's supposed to be like a nice, yeah, he's a fifth grade teacher. The whole thing is like, he's supposed to be so nice and he has a kid of his own. It's like, you're very like, what's happening? Gross. And so, gross. Exactly. So then, you know, that's pretty much the night. Basically, Jules is like, okay. The ladies leave. They don't walk each other to their cars. Yeah. And it's like a dark parking yeah. lot. I don't like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Naomi, that we don't do that. No. I I drive you and drop you off at your I house know. and watch you go in your house. I know. So, and it's, and you walk me to, Friends don't let friends walk to parking lots alone. Absolutely. Okay, sorry. I just had to get that off my chest. No, you're right. I mean, we have to be, look, we have to leave the listeners with words to live by, okay? Because we're constantly trying to help them stay alive, and that's one of them. It's huge, okay? And of course, as she's walking, like, she's getting another scary text. The next day, she's at her house, she gets a creepy email. So, like, whoever this is is, like, still bothering her. And then, the next day, we see Jules and daughter Rosalie having dinner. They're eating... You know, they do the classic takeout Chinese containers, but they're eating them with real chopsticks, but no one's actually picking up anything. And that wasn't Chinese food in it. It looked like mixed vegetables from a can. And I said, and it looks like these are two people who literally just met an hour earlier. And it was like, she's your mother, go. But Rosalie tells her mom that dad has a girlfriend named Claire. Now, didn't we just see him say, Jules, let's give this a try. I want to get with you. Yeah. So I said, what? Well, that's men. Men got to get it in. But then listen to him be a total asshole when Jules calls him on this very fact. Listen to this. When you were here the other night talking about giving our family another chance, where was your girlfriend, Claire? (sighs) Jules, look, it's 
It's nothing serious. This isn't the same Claire that you used to, the Claire you were with before we met? She moved back to town. We happen to run into each other. It's just a casual thing. Can't be that casual if Rosalie has met her. <sighs> what do you want me to say? I was lonely and she was there. Claire doesn't mean anything. Jules, you mean the world to me. Listen, I can't do this. I'm going away this weekend, so you need to keep Rosalie until Monday. Assuming that doesn't interfere with you and Claire's schedule, that is. Okay. We'll talk when you get back. For real this time, okay? Please, Jules. Don't we owe it to us to try? No! I think this is classic. No, we don't yep. owe it to us to try. Not when you start dating someone else who's spending the night on the nights you have custody. You want a joint custody situation. You could be dating someone who never meets your daughter. Like, I'ma see you Mondays, Wednesdays, Fridays. Which is perfect. Thank you. But he had her in front of his child. So I said, Tom, no. Tom, no. I think to make matters even worse, Claire is someone from his past. Yeah. He dated Claire before Jules. Yeah. And so this is one of those, like, you know, we all have those people where it's like you say, oh, is that da, 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 da. And, it, and it's like some of it's joking, but you're also like, I hate your ex. Exactly. And now he's back with his ex. Like that's uh, I yeah. did like that. Rosalie asked to watch Drag Race. <laughs> did you hear that? Yes, yes, yes. After dinner. She's like, can we watch Drag Race after dinner? I'm like, OK, name check RuPaul. So Jules is like, I'm going on a single retreat. Tom is taking Rosalie for the weekend. And. I will say this. This is, again, this is like our winter. We had a, cu a couple winter thrillers, but I'm loving this lodge setting. We've yeah. never really gotten yeah, into yeah, this yeah. lodge vibe. Everyone has individual cabins. This is my idea of uh -huh. a good time. They're all very yeah. cute. And Jules is like trying to be nice to Georgia, who is the bitchy woman. Like they, they park side by side and she waves at her. Georgia's also there. It's, it's very, they're all in the singles group. They all go to way together. But it's like, okay, Jules, you found Zach. So. Just leave the singles group. But they haven't found each other because Zach over here talking to Georgia. Like, if she I and Zach know. were actually dating, I would say that too. But considering it's like he comes and talks to her but then leaves whenever Georgia comes around, I'm like, well, you need to keep your options open and talk to somebody else in this mixer. <laughs> like, you need to talk to other people. I think my truth is a singles retreat sounds like one of the bleakest things on earth. <laughs> <laughs> it just sounds tough. I mean, it's like you've gathered lonely souls off of tinder and put them in a lodge together and you know what to me it sounds perfect not perfect yeah. and like in that because okay you guys the way this retreat seems to work is that you're at this beautiful lodge for the weekend and there's just like stuff you can do during the day like let's Activities. hike let's, and then at night there's a mixer which to me sounds kind of fun granted if they're duds no you're right it sounds great it that that sounds great the title yeah you don't want that you don't want that you don't want that is like and, and maybe it's because I see in my future, maybe I'm going to have to go to work. <laughs> you will never. Clyde is not leaving you. Okay. No. No, no, no. no, no, no. <laughs> no Clyde is here to stay. But if he buys one more pair of sneakers, I may have to leave Clyde. Uh-huh. <laughs> so basically, when Jules is like in her cabin getting her stuff together, pulling a Megan Gailey and unpacking and putting her things in the drawers. Oh, yeah. <laughs> She's trying to have sex. She can't have her clothes wrinkled. <laughs> <laughs> And she's like freshening up. She's taking a shower. We see a figure all in black 
classic lifetime, baby. Marvista, yep. we're going out with the classics. Figure all in black. Can't tell the gender. Nope. Just all in black. We're seeing hands, gloved, disembodied hands. And they have come into her cabin while she's in the shower. They're sorting through her stuff. All right. They take, she has like an emergency medical bag and they pull out what looks like an EpiPen. It's so quick. I don't know, but I it said, is. honey, it's it an is. Epi. It's an Epi. It's lifetime. It's an Epi. I got EpiPens all over this house. I know an Epi. Even when it's Canadian. <laughs> but then they knock over some stuff and Jules is like, what's happening? And remember, she's on edge, honey. She had a bat by her bed in her house. So she immediately comes out of the shower. The person's gone, but, you know, she sees her stuff on the floor. So it's like, okay, what's going on? So then she goes to the mixer and there's some peanuts on the bar. And she pushes them away using a napkin. Honey. So she is deathly allergic yes. to peanuts. She tells Zach. Zach clocks this. Chekhov's peanuts. You know I love peanuts. You know I love an allergy. Back to poppy seeds. We're really yep. calling back to a lot of the hits with this movie, you know? Yeah, and, and I love that they're... I love when people are sequestered in one location together. That mm -hmm. makes for a great thriller energy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So her and Zach move to the couch to chat. Now, this is like the couch in the open area. So everyone's like around. Yeah, like the lodge where all the mixer, like it's a bar. It's like yes. where everyone kind of gathers up to find a person to sleep with. And Georgia butts in again mm. and is all over, him all over him. And like does that thing where she rubs his chest, which is like a woman peeing on a man you know like it's like <laughs> this is my man but it's like it's almost like they're talking she's talking like they are married could you please listen to this keeping in mind that she has her arm one arm around him and the other arm rubbing his chest listen to this oh. there he are hey georgia hey. jules and i were just talking about oh jules is it very nice to meet you officially actually we met already outside oh right of course <laughs> I swear, this is only my second glass of wine. That's okay. I love that charm bracelet. Oh, <laughs> thanks. So, Zach tells me that you're an architect. So fancy. Yeah, I recently started my own firm. <sighs> Seems like a lot of pressure. Long hours. <laughs> How do you even find time to date? So, what do you do? I teach vinyasa. It's hot yoga. That's so cool. How did you guys meet? Through the group or? Actually, our daughters are friends. And they're besties, actually. Madison and Stella are inseparable. And then Zach told me about the singles group, not that we really needed it. So listen, tomorrow I'm thinking we go for a sunrise snowshoe and then we reward ourselves with a couple's massage. What do you say? <laughs> I hear the spa here is killer. I didn't realize you already had plans for tomorrow. Uh, actually, nothing solid yet. Oh, don't worry. I signed us up already. I know you hate to choose. I was like, are they married? Are they a full couple? Don't be at the retreat. <laughs> Leave the retreat. Once you like duo up, you're kicked out. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah, say, yeah. we need two more singles in here. I cannot with Zach. I think it's insane that he cannot stand up to this woman. I think he's the grossest, like, fake nice guy ever. Yep. I said, you're evil. Get out. I don't want you anywhere near me. Yes. What I did like was that Jules complimented Georgia's charm bracelet, but it felt like an insult. <laughs> like, to be like, I love your charm bracelet. Like, to say that to a grown woman is actually like, I think you're stupid. I know. The it was like, it was Regina George and I know Jules wasn't doing it, but it was like very funny to me. No, no. I think she was. Cause you remember? She's like, so what do you do? And she's like, hot yoga. Like, and then she's like, cool. Like Jules is really doing the like bitchy, bless her heart vibe. You know? Yeah. 
it was, I thought it was fun because they were like, you know, the way two women are smiling at each other while also saying, I hate you. So that was fun. And then Jules, of course, just like gets up and is like, get me, okay, if y'all, if you rub it up on his chest, I'm leaving. And she goes to Marissa and Karen who are sitting there and Karen's like, gotta go. And I'm like, no, stay, you're fun. And Marissa's basically like, we got drink tickets. Don't go back to your room. Let's rally. And it's like a lot of them. A lot like, of drink- It's like a wheel of tickets. Marissa's in charge of the retreat. Exactly. Yeah. So here's the thing about them. It's like what Oof. they've all met basically in the last month through this right. singles event. So Marissa and Karen and Jules haven't known each other very long. But these are now her best friends. Because right. they're all single. single women trying to have sex with the same pool of men. <laughs> right. It's almost like, it's like Temptation Island or Love Island. You know, like it's kind of has reality dating game show energy. Oh yeah, it's giving MILF manner. (laughs) Yes, so Marissa's in charge. Marissa had to plan her own singles retreat. And I'd like to revise my earlier statement. That is bleak. (laughs) So then they're sitting by like an outdoor fire. Love that. Mm -hmm. I love an outdoor fire pit. Mm -hmm. Zach comes over with a flask. And I was like, I don't understand why you have a flask like a teenager who couldn't get access to the bar. Do you know what I mean? I'm like, you're at a place. You cannot tell me that the weekend of this retreat does not include an open bar. The singles retreat comes with an open bar. Yeah, we just saw how many drink tickets. I was like, okay. And then he, Jules is like, okay, so it seems like you and Georgia are engaged, basically. And he's like, no, not at all. We have daughters that are best friends, and we went on a few dates in the past. At which point I said, Zach might be the murderer. Because what he is doing should be illegal. Okay, and now I don't trust his judgment. I don't trust his values because her being all over you is totally different if y'all have gone out and you yes. not being able to walk away from her right. means something totally different. I'm like, oh, you're well, leading yeah. her on. You're leading her on. She thinks you guys have a thing. And then you're saying behind her back, no, I don't like her. And yeah, it's, like, it's like, no, she was just rubbing her chest. Yeah, and you've been out before. And you can't tell me y'all didn't kiss, if not at least have sex once. So Jules is over this, too. She stands up, and we see that, like, foggy camera effect they do to be Mm -hmm. like, she's been drugged. Yeah. Because, yes, there were a lot of drink tickets, but but we we haven't, like, seen... She was wearing, like, a hot toddy. It's like, you're not going to black out on a hot toddy. Oh, it wasn't even toddy, right? It was spiked cider. So it's really, like, hot apple juice with a little whiskey in it. You'll poop your pants before you'll black out on that. (laughs) And then who is there to catch her is Georgia. And she's like, go get Zach. And Georgia's like, okay. Well, no, she doesn't even say go get Zach. Basically, Zach walks away because his daughter calls. And he's like, oh, I got to say goodnight to my kid. And then Jules gets up, gets disoriented. And then Georgia finds her. And then but Jules is like, I'm going to go to my room. I'm going to go to my room. And instead, she just falls to the ground in a full-ass yeah. snowbank. She just falls. Yeah. Remember, y'all, this is dead of winter. So, like... When someone passes out on the ground, I mean, we're probably going to die of frostbite before (laughs) anything else. And then Zach and Marissa find her on the road. Terrifying. Terrifying. They take her back to her little cabin. And then Zach, in true lifetime man form, they almost kiss. Mm -hmm. Because he's like, wow, she just (laughs) passed out in a snowbank. This is my moment. (laughs) I know. What is that? What is it? Men, they want vulnerability. They want you to be damn near down. Down and out. They want you down and out. You don't kick a woman when she's down, but you do have sex with her. (laughs) So it's the next morning. She's fine. 
Her and Marissa are texting. Now, this movie does this thing that I cannot stand. Tell me. We see the text messages. We see, like, Marissa being like, want to get breakfast or whatever. And she has this with Zach, Tom, and Marissa throughout the film texting. And there's no text before. Uh Uh-huh. I know. So it's the top text. And we are to assume this woman, who is her best friend of one month, (laughs) they've never texted before. She's deleting every... This is a props issue. Yes. You're correct. The props, you got to look in there. You got to give us a chain. They probably have a PA go, Texas number, want to get breakfast. Yeah, 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 yeah. And the PA's like, I'm sorry, I'm doing 800 (laughs) other jobs I'm not being paid for. And so it's just like coming in from a phone. But I'm like, no, I need there to be like, I need you to set like, they're being texted like, what are you wearing tonight? Okay, on my way. Like, I need to see that. You want like a funny like, gif? You want a history of yes. gifts between two people? Yes. <laughs> okay, so they get to breakfast uh, between her and Marissa. Jules asked to see Marissa's kids. Now, they're best friends of one month. And she's never seen Marissa's kids. I think that's really weird. And it takes Marissa a second to find pictures of the kids. Yes. And I'm like, no, a mom, that's her screensaver. Exactly. Naomi, look at my screensaver. Who is it? Our King Conrad in a car seat looking angelic. And she's like, let me find good ones. And it's like, when you're a mom, you're like, here, here's this one with a snot bubble coming out of his nose. You're And like, it, it just, I was like, something's up there. Something's up. I clocked it too. I was like, it's taking her too long. Like, it should not take her more than a second to find a kid pick. So the fact that she's like, yeah, hold on, let me find a good one. And I said, oh, she lying, she lying, she lying. And then she only shows one. And it's like, Jules asked to see it. When someone asks me to see Conrad, they're seeing at least 12. You know, like I'm like, <laughs> oh, and then there's this one. Oh my God, watch a video. Like you're, you're, you make them look at so much because you're like, you showed an interest and I yeah. am really running with this. <laughs> and Marissa seems like she couldn't, be bothered with it. Right. She's like, not enjoying it. Well, talk about not being bothered with it, right? Basically, every time Zach is like shady or goes over to Georgia, Jules is basically like, okay, should I get back with my ex-husband, Tom? Healthy, healthy. Thank you. <laughs> the reason why that doesn't work for me is because of this whole Tom has a girlfriend named Claire who's met the daughter. If he had just stayed single this whole time, I could see why that was real. But I was like, you know Tom is trash. So... Basically, Jules is kind of beating herself up about, like, she thinks she blacked out the night before. And Marissa's like, you're being whiny and annoying. (laughs) She's like, not being a good supportive friend. And this is over breakfast. Yeah. And she's like, you need to let go of Tom. Like, that's not a good situation. Yeah. And Jules gets very upset and storms out of breakfast. And I'm like, I hope she ate enough. (laughs) I mean, look, Marissa said she was like, this is pathetic. And then she's like, you think I'm pathetic? Tom's all I've ever known. I mean, being on my own, chasing after some guy I barely know, that's all new territory for me. And yes, it's exciting, but what if it's only exciting for so long? You are really feeling sorry for yourself, aren't you? You gotta get it together. You have two days to yourself and you're wasting it whining about your ex-husband. It's pathetic. You think I'm pathetic? No, I... That was a bad choice of words. That came out way too harsh. You know, I just need to get some air. Jules, I'm sorry. Jules. Jules. Ooh, to be called pathetic is like... It's hard. That's that's not a good word. Yeah, and then Marissa's like, I didn't mean it. And Jules is like, I'm getting out of here. Jules feels, I will say, she feels very young to me. Meaning like there's something a little... 
naive and gentle about her. And Marissa feels more mature. Yes, she feels like a grown woman, whereas like, I'm like, Jules, you have a 12-year-old. But then she says, too, like later to Zach, where she's like, I haven't been single since I was 22. So I'm like, okay. Right. And it's like, we we actually see that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> she went from college right into like a marriage. Yeah. And that, ooh. Now she's trying to relive her 20s yeah. at this singles retreat. And you know what makes you feel like you're 20 again? Getting your tires slashed. <laughs> and that's what happens to Jules. Her tires are slashed in the middle of the wilderness. In like, the middle of the, the day. And it's like the only people at this lodge are other people at the singles retreat. I know. And it's not, oh, I'm sorry, not the middle of the day. At breakfast. So it's like, yes. it's literally 9.30 in the morning. She leaves and she's like, I'm going to go take a drive. And it's like, nope, my tires are slashed. And I was like, who did this at 10 a.m. and nobody's on anything? What Canadian is slashing tires? <laughs> oh, sorry about that. Okay, so Zach comes by her cabin and he drops the bomb. He's been divorced one month. No, they've been in the singles group for one month. So it's like... <laughs> What, what came first here, the chicken or the egg? Hello? And he's like, I can't stop thinking about you. And they are setting this up like this is a good romantic thing because it, there is like romantic yeah. music, music playing it. And Naomi and I are like, no. Absolutely not. They kiss, you guys. They kiss finally, you know, after all this. Break. And I said, I screamed, no, thank you. There's nothing I want less. No. Didn't he say he went on a few dates with Georgia? Yes. Like, when did you have time for that? Thank you. Thank you. That was like week one. In his monologue of him telling Jules why he likes her, he's like, you're gorgeous. You're smart. You're funny. And I'm like, Jules is not funny. <laughs> yeah. She's not funny. No, that's not Jules. Name a funny thing Jules has ever done by <laughs> matching Christmas pajamas. This bitch ain't funny. <laughs> Apparently, though, this is enough for them to go on a lover's hike together. Okay. So you see them go on a hike in the snow. Zach is now in a winter hat that also I'm not on board with. And as they're walking, you know, they're like kind of, he's like has his arms around her at one point and is like, you know, rubbing her shoulders. But then she's like getting texts from ex-husband Tom. But there's no text before. It's the first time her ex-husband has ever texted her. And she's getting texts from Marissa. Because like Marissa's like, I'm sorry. And Tom is like, I miss you. And like sending pictures oh. of him and the daughter. You know, Tom is really trying to lay it on thick, like family, family vibes. And then he even calls her because he's like, well, you haven't texted me back and I miss you. And she sends Zach back to the lot. She's like, oh, I'll make my way back. She just loose in the wilderness. And no. Naomi, we will never be loose in the wilderness alone. Thank you. I would have been like, you can be here while I answer this phone call. Because I think even the call at first comes from the daughter, maybe. So she's like, oh, it's my daughter. I'll talk to you later. But maybe it's Tom. Either way, I'm like, Zach does not have to leave you behind for you to answer the phone call. Go look at a rock. Yeah, it's like, go over there. So she's by herself. And then, you know, of course, Tom is like, I missed you. And he's like, well, what about your girlfriend, Claire? And then he's like, oh, Claire's out of town this weekend. Okay, so when she comes back in town, do you like her again? But then I go, she's the figure in the woods who's washing jewels. Yes, and so this is my theory. Marissa is Claire. Zendaya is Michi. Claire is Marissa. Claire is Marissa. Marissa yeah. is Claire. I'm with you. Yeah. I'm with you. They want us to think it's Georgia because as Jules goes to make her way back alone through the wilderness to the lodge, she finds a charm. And who's that Pandora bitch? Georgia. Hello. You know she got charms because we heard about the charms right after we heard about Chekhov's peanuts. And speaking of Chekhov's peanuts, Jules is back at the cabin and Marissa comes by 
with a cupcake as a peace offering. You know, and they both like apologize where Marissa's like, I shouldn't have said that. And then Jules is like, I'm sorry, I was sensitive. So you think, okay, the friendship's back. Yeah, they've known each other a month, so they don't know each other's boundaries. Exactly. Marissa's like, oh, sorry, I call my assistant pathetic all the time. She doesn't say this in the film. This is, I am projecting onto she, Marissa's like, oh, I'm a bitch to people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> now I know you're weak and here's a cupcake. But then to me, as soon as Marissa comes by with a cupcake, I said, fill with peanut butter. Peanut butter. Yeah, she's like, maybe I got mine too and we can eat our cupcakes together later. And I said, Marissa, you put something in it. I just just felt it. I was like, Chekhov's peanuts. We have a baked good. How easy it is to sprinkle. Okay. And then Marissa's like, okay, I got to go. I got to go do mixer business. She says she has to go to the office. And I'm like. (laughs) She's like in the administrative office behind check-in. Behind the check-in guests. Yeah, she's having to make copies of probably some sort of like game they're playing. And it's like, Marissa, you need a party planner because <laughs> you're not able to enjoy the singles retreat because you're doing stuff to play. I don't think the person planning the singles retreat should also be a part of the singles retreat because she's having to split her attention. She's on the clock. She's not meeting anybody. She's on the clock. Meanwhile, Karen... We haven't even seen her. Karen. Karen probably went in to use the copy machine, put her tits on it. <laughs> She's handing those out. And then made a bunch of copies and put them over <laughs> with her room or lodge number on it. <laughs> I need more, Karen. Now, at this point, I'm also like, there's not really any moms in this movie. <laughs> yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. I was imagining a pack of moms who like are their kids go to school together or yeah. like their husbands yeah. are sending them away for Mother's Day, something where it's like a group of moms who are all friends in a house together. Right. This should be called Deadly Singles Retreat. Yes, 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 absolutely. And that's just a note. <laughs> Leave them with a note, Megan. Leave them with a note, okay? <laughs> but they go to the nightly mixer because like what, night two, I guess at this point? Yeah, night one, she blacked out and fell in a um, <laughs> snowbank. So exactly. So night two, tire slash. Night m- morning, morning two or morning, morning two, one tire slash loose in the woods she's uh, probably got a poison cupcake and she said well let me put a lip on and see if i can bang someone well and then she finds georgia is yelling at zach like they're outside and georgia is going off and it's like you get the idea that he's trying to let her down gently but she's freaking out and then and then of course when jules comes out georgia's like it's all her fault and but then also says guess what he's not even fully divorced of course so then jules is like um what Okay, I'm done. And so she walks away and immediately texts Tom and is like, yeah, we could talk later. So the thing that the problem is with Jules, she basically met one guy. And then if that one guy didn't work out, she was like, okay, Tom, I'll get back with you. She needs attention. And and I'm able to recognize this because this is how I am. too. (laughs) Once I texted an ex like a nudie pic, you know, Mm -hmm. and he replied, how many people did you send this to? And oh. he was right. He burned me. Oh, my like, God. He was, right. he was right. I had sent it. I would put my fishing pole in the pond <laughs> and I said, who going bite? <laughs> when they say divorce, they mean separated. When they say separated, they mean happily married. It's like <laughs> whenever someone is divorced, they're like, I'm divorced. It's like you're separated. Uh-huh. That, that, I mean, these are, these are facts. So when you're out in your own singles retreat and a guy says he's separated, say I need to see the papers and I need to scroll all the way to the end and make sure both parties have signed. <laughs> Y'all, make sure both parties have signed. Okay? That's another, that's another tidbit. That we're leaving you with. Back to Jules's room. And, you know, she's gone through this, like, difficult thing. So you know what she needs to take the edge off? A cupcake. Sure. And lo and behold, she's got one there. From her buddy Marissa. So she immediately yep. opens that cupcake up, starts eating it. 
<laughs> starts wheezing, starts coughing. Anaphylactic. Hello, what do we say? What do we say? She goes in her bag, reaches for her EpiPen. It's not there. Death by cupcake. This is a new weapon for us. Death by cupcake. You guys, new weapon alert. You guys, I said, oh no, she wheezy Jefferson. No Epi. Stressed out. Let's take a break. 
handing Spoiler over an EpiPen. <laughs> and I was like, whose Epi is this? Like, you, because you don't know who it is. And you're like, but obviously it works. She's like, I'm back. <laughs> I'm back and worse than ever. Worse than ever. She goes, I got to get out of here. There's a lot of bad stuff happening to me. And Marissa, who's like, I'm in charge of this. You can't. Just listen. Nothing has gone right since I've been here. I know things are weird between you and Zach right now. I'm not talking about Zach. I'm talking about almost freezing to death in a snowbank after just a couple of drinks. I'm talking about someone slashing my tire, trapping me here. And now this cupcake thing? Who even knows I'm allergic to peanuts? It's all too much to chalk up to just accidents. What are you saying? Someone is after me. Okay, you've you've had a couple of crazy accidents. Absolutely, and, and you're spooked. It's completely understandable in the circumstances. What about the email creep? I thought the police said that that was some kid pulling a prank. Yeah, they also told me that if I ignored them, they would go away. But they've only gotten worse. And it's not just emails anymore. Well, what is it? If I tell you, you're going to tell me I'm being paranoid. But ever since I've been here, it feels like someone is watching me. Okay. I'm sorry, but you're not going anywhere. You're a mess, Jules. Now, Megan, if I came to you and said all this stuff had happened to me, Megan, somebody slashed Matthias. Megan, I've been getting psycho texts and phone calls. Megan, somebody dosed him a cupcake, and I don't even know what's going on. Would you insist I stay in a place like that? I would drive you home. I would say, let's go bonk someone on the head, even if it's not the right person. I just need to bonk a head because of all this stuff. And let's get in the car and get the hell out of here. Thank you. So this is when I was like, okay, Marissa's it. Marissa's it. You know what I mean? Because I was like, this don't make no sense. She's telling Jules to stay the night, and she's like, tomorrow we'll get you a breakfast and a massage. And I'm just like, What? And Jules does it. She stays. And I said, honey, you at the lodge, trust me. You go right to that front desk and say, call me a cab company. Yeah. Those places, they got like two old guys who drive a cab. And they get you from there to the train station, there to the bus station. Get out of there. Uh, Yeah, have a cab come. Karen can blow them real fast. And it'll take you back (laughs) to the city. Once I had a friend and like we didn't have money. I I was not a part of this. I heard about it later. There wasn't like cash for the cab or whatever. And my friend told the other girls like go inside I'll take care of it and she came back like 10 minutes later and they were like what happened she's like nothing Ah! she was like it's paid for wow wow that's an essential worker that's a frontline (laughs) worker yeah do you take cash or card (laughs) okay when Jules sees Georgia jogging by the next morning she it clicks for her we clocked it immediately but not for Jewel, she's like, oh, that charm I found, that was Georgia's from her gaudy-ass bracelet. And then she tells Marissa, she's like, this is all Georgia. And then Marissa, and this is again, she goes, we should go into her room and check and look around. Oh, I yeah. said, what? Yeah. I appreciate a ride or die, but I said, it's that if that's your first thought, you done set up Georgia. That's what I thought. Absolutely. I was like, I was like whose first thought is let's go into this person's space, especially not just... You organized the event. I know, but you know what? She's probably already been in there. She probably exactly. went under the guise of like goodie bags. Oh, and like totally went in goodie bag and rooted and tooted because they go into George's room and what do they find? Jules's EpiPen. But I'm like, it probably has her name on it, but okay. And then they find Jules's necklace in George's drawer. And it was hmm. Marissa. She goes, Marissa goes, check the drawer. So she's making, so she's like setting up. 
right. jewels to go exactly where things are. At least that's what I'm seeing. And then just as they're in the bedroom looking around, Georgia is like, comes in yelling at someone over the phone, which I said, that's exactly what Georgia does. That's what Georgia does. She's talking to, you know, FedEx delivery like that. She's talking. Yeah, she's talking to someone who's just trying to do their job. Yeah, she's like yelling, even though I think this is supposed to be like maybe her ex-husband or something. But I just feel like she could have been yelling at anybody. And I was like, yeah, that's what Georgia does. That's what Georgia does. I'm at a singles retreat and I need my Amazon dress. (laughs) So Jules and Marissa go to tell Zach what they think is going on. And Zach throughout the film is like, we should go to the police. And it's always brushed (laughs) off by either Jules or Marissa. Yeah. Marissa has to leave this conversation very conveniently to take a call about retreat business. <laughs> and this is, this again, Marissa, even though we desperately think that you are the bad guy, I need you to have all your energy on finding love, <laughs> not finding the copy machine. Well, and I think she does have all her energy on finding love. That's the problem, okay? Yeah. No, because basically... You know, Zach is like, really, Georgia? And she lays it, he lays it all out. And then the, basically the plan is for them to all confront Georgia and talk to her. So Jules and Marissa go back to the main lodge. You know, that's where all the mixers are at night, where you sign in and all that kind of stuff. And Jules's daughter, Rosalie, calls her and they're FaceTiming. And Rosalie is like, I think dad talked to Claire earlier and broke up with her. And I'm just thinking to myself, Rosalie, you shouldn't even know this. She shouldn't even know it. This poor girl, we need to be having boundaries. We need to be shielding her from the adult conversations. And what's wild is that Jules doesn't think that at all. Jules is like, tell me more. You know, like, and I get that, like, of course, that's an unhealthy thing, but like a natural. But I know. Yeah, I don't, I, well, I, because Jules is asking questions. She's like, do you have a picture of Claire? Do you know if Claire has a Facebook? Because basically she wants to now know. It's like, well, is Claire Georgia? Right. She's trying to find out like all this stuff going on. Then there's a moment when Georgia comes into the lodge. And so Jules rushes over to the front desk and, like, grabs a brochure, basically to hide her face so Georgia doesn't see her because they're trying to have this, like, I guess, big confrontation in the woods. It was like, this is already too dramatic. I was like, if I was Georgia, I'd be like, I'm meeting you in the middle of the woods. And so I was like, anyway, so she picks up a brochure. And, Megan, did you notice the moment she picked up the brochure, there's a picture on the brochure of two little boys and it is mm-hmm. the exact same picture that Marissa showed Jules on her phone of her kids. Yep. And I we knew she was Googling kids. Yeah. But it's like, why would you show her the kids that are on the brochure of the lodge you're at? Thank you. Thank you. Just find loose kids on the internet. Thank you. Find some loose kids on the internet. Or, look, if this is a plan you've had in place for a while, you should have Photoshopped something. You should have Photoshopped your face in between them two kids. Something to make it work. Because you're already playing a long game. If you're telling me you don't have basic Photoshop skills, then you honestly aren't a good murderer. I'll tell you that right now. I guess I don't understand why Marissa needs to pretend to be a mom to pull off what she's doing. I think it's about connecting with Jules, being like, see, I'm like you. I'm in the same boat you're in. We're both moms who are single. Yes. And, but like, Karen's not a mom. I know, but Karen is also never around. And like, right. no one would, Jules, you don't tell Karen anything. You don't tell Karen personal uh, business. Or you do because you know she's not going to remember it. <laughs> <laughs> so then, Marissa and Jules go to confront Georgia in the woods. And Georgia thinks she's meeting Zach. So basically, they like lured her there saying like Zach would be there, which I was like, what is happening? Like, I was like, this is already creepy. Marissa's laying into her and she's basically like, you hurt my friend. Don't you do hurt my friend. You did all this stuff. 
And Marissa's going hard. So hard. She's so mean. Jules is like, you can calm down. Like, this yeah, is too even much. Jules, yeah, it's also like Jules is an adult. And so the idea that she can't speak for herself is also weird. And it's like, why do you care, Marissa? She grabs her by the collar, you guys. Yes. And we know Marissa is the killer. Yeah. But it's like, why is she doing that even under that assumption? Like, none of it makes sense. Exactly. And then Georgia's like, yeah, I said some mean stuff, but I didn't like slash your tires or try to drug you. She's like, I was the one who gave you an EpiPen. And then yeah. we see the flashback. It's like, she's like, her, she did it. And then during this, like, while Marissa's going off, Jules <laughs> has the so sense weird. to like, she like pulls her phone up but she snaps a picture. Of the two of them. The two of them. So I said, this is confusing. Marissa is in the foreground, but it's Georgia and Marissa. And she sends it to her daughter, Rosalie. And Basically, like, is this Claire? And then Rosalie's like, why are you with Claire? And I just said, one, don't involve Rosalie in this. I'm going to tell you that right now. Let Rosalie go to the mall with her friends. Thank you. I said, leave it. Second, you took a picture with two ladies in it. So I still don't think this gives us the clarity you need. However, (laughs) it's immediately clear that it's Marissa when she bonks her over the head. Megan, we end with a bonk. You love a bonk on the head. Bonk over the head with a rock. And she falls like a rock. Jules is out. And then Jules wakes up. She's tied up in the wilderness. Mm -hmm. She's like perched against a tree, tied up. And now we get our final Mm. gorgeous Mm. bad lady monologue. Claire. You know, all I wanted was something for myself. Just one little thing. For me, in a life full of nothing. And it was Tom. I mean, it should have been Tom until you showed up. We were trying to start a family. And when we found out that I couldn't have children, he started looking for someone who could. Wait, those kids in the photo aren't even yours? (laughs) I found them online. Like, I found your profile online so I could learn everything about you. Get close to you. I don't even know if I can fairly call myself single when Tom refuses to sign our divorce papers. Well, maybe if he sees you moving on, he'll do the same. So you just joined that singles group to what? Get to me? Well, if I was ever going to have a chance with Tom, I had to make sure that things were absolutely over between the two of you. What about the emails? Well, I have to admit, it was kind of fun watching you squirm. I even tried, tried to get you and Zach together, but you couldn't even do that right. Even with a couple of really good extra nudges from me. And then I realized that the only way I was ever going to have any peace with Tom was to get rid of you. Oh, and of course, during the monologue, Jules is doing what every good lifetime heroine does, freeing her hands while the killer explains himself so she can run away. Now, here's my thing, though. What did you think, like, when it was like, we were going to have kids, me and Tom, and then when I couldn't have them, he left me for you. Stop trying to get with Tom. Tom sucks. Why is anybody trying to make things work with Tom? He's the worst. The whole time she's giving this monologue, and I'm like, this is over Tom. (laughs) 
gals. This is over Tom. This isn't like the, uh, Jules built a building wrong and it collapsed on your entire family. Or Jules testified. Jules was a juror against your goddaughter. Like, this is over Tom. You're poisoning and planning entire fake singles retreats. I know. For Tom. For Tom. And Marissa slash Claire is a gorgeous woman. Obviously very organized, mm. capable, mm-hmm. can hold many different personality traits. I think she's a catch, yeah. despite all this. Yeah, absolutely. I was like, don't get with the man also who dropped you because you couldn't conceive. And I was like, why do you want to get back with him? It's not the 1800s. If he can't pivot to, we will have a family in whatever way we're meant to have Thank a you. family. Thank you. And if that means IVF, if that means adoption, if that means we take a beat and wind up not wanting to have a family, but I'm going to leave you for a younger woman and then crank out a Rosalie who I basically use as a pawn in my own weird life choices. <laughs> no, thank you. Trash. 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 And so, you know, as I said, Jules is freeing her hands. She stabs her with an EpiPen. Oh, is that what she puts in her leg? Uh, It must be. I think she had her own EpiPen from when they found it in George's room. Uh Uh-huh. But I don't know if you want to get her. You don't want to give her steroids. The last thing we need is Marissa hopped up on steroids, stronger than ever. When she did that, I was like, well, what, what are the effects of taking an EpiPen right. when you don't It's need like it? a surge of adrenaline. <laughs> yeah, I think it, like, because it ends up being like a stab. So I think yeah. it's like pain. It, you know, it creates a distraction. But, I mean, we've got Cupcake. We, she's now using her own EpiPen to get away from someone. These are fun little turns. They are. And then cuts to running through the woods in the snow. Okay, we haven't seen her run through the woods in the snow. You know, Mm-mm. basically, Jules gets back to the lodge. Marissa's hot on her heels, Claire slash Marissa. Okay, and there's no one in the lodge because there's a party at the barn. We haven't even seen a the secondary barn. location. We haven't even seen it. Party at the barn, but you know, <laughs> but Marissa Claire says no one can hear you. All right, Jules runs upstairs and she's like hiding, and then Claire comes up. Claire Marissa comes up, and. Basically, Claire slash Marisha hears a sound and it distracts her. And then Jules pushes her over the balcony. You guys, balcony push. Balcony push. And then Zach comes up out of nowhere. nowhere. Like almost too fast. Yeah. I was like, why are you? And he has just seen Jules push a woman over a balcony, I believe to her death, even though. Well, she says, is she dead? She literally goes, Zach, is she dead? (laughs) Only one story. She pushes her over the balcony. Zach sees all this and is like, yeah. He like hugs, hugs her. Hugs her. Kisses her. Hugs her. Oh, Zach is also trash. I was like, what? And then the police are taking statements. So that's when I thought, okay, well, maybe Marissa's alive. Even though obviously you still need to take statements. But pardon me again, because it was only one story. I was like hoping, like, I don't like when someone dies. I want them to I like go through the justice system. I don't like when someone dies, especially when it's over time. Well, hello. like it's like Tom is the problem. Exactly. I'm I'm almost on Marissa's side. <laughs> But see, no, Marissa did all this to get back with Tom, and that's the problem I have. I'm like, Marissa. But Tom drove her crazy. You know, it's like she's been gaslit by this crazy man. I don't want her to get with him. Her brain was broken by him and his beard. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then as the police are taking statements, asking everybody what's going on, Jules is like joking with Zach about how this is such a bad trip. And then Jules tells Zach she's ready to be with him. Absolutely not. (laughs) what you are? Weren't you just ready to be with Tom again? I mean, didn't you also just kill a woman who was your ex 
husband's current relationship, okay? Isn't Zach not fully divorced? There's so many things wrong with the whole vibe, and yet for some reason we still cut to two months later. All right. And we see Tom and he's arriving at the house. And so there's a moment where you I wait where I go, what's happening? We see him knock on the door and I go, OK, he's not here. He's not in. And he is at the house to pick up Rosalie because Zach and Jules are heading out for a camping weekend. All right. And she is in knee high, three inch boots, heeled boots. Where are you going camping? As a map, where, where in the woods are you going? You can't be in the woods in those shoes. But then also, too. What we also, Jules is like, so did you try that singles group I suggested? And he's like, your friend Karen was very friendly. And I go, I'm sorry, that singles group is still in business? We need to be disbanded. Marissa was running it. The woman in charge was (laughs) Crazy Clea. But like, it wasn't real. Like Marissa invented the singles retreat and the group to do all this. And then someone said, I will take that torch. (laughs) This is still a really good group. It's still a really good group with only four men and several very unwell women. (laughs) (laughs) I think if a death happens at the singles retreat, you have to disband the group. You have to. It's over. It's not happening. And maybe that's me being old fashioned. But... (laughs) I think it's, you go, we got to find, but they're in like Manitoba, you know, like maybe it just also doesn't seem like they need a group. It's like, go to the, just go to the bar. These are the people. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I think they want to have events. But my point is, it's like the fact that Zach and Jules are even going for a camping weekend. Not only is she in the three inch heeled boots, it's like, did you learn nothing from the last time you were in nature? Like everything about it is insane. And y'all, that is the end of the movie. Okay, her in her three-inch heel boots going off with Zach, who is trash, who's now only been divorced three whole months. If that, we don't know if he's divorced at all. Yeah. Has there been a countersign? We don't know if there's a countersign. And you know they've introduced Rosalie and his daughter. You know they're having play dates. They're definitely going to break up. Jules and Zach are, are not in it for the long haul. And I'm devastated for Rosalie. Well, this brings us to our real hero. I know. And real villain. I keep, like... I keep trying to think of things to say so we don't have to be done. I know. I know. But you know what, Megan? We'll always have voice notes and we'll always have the fact that there are no heroes in this movie. I'm going to say it right now, okay? Zach is a villain. Tom is a villain. I guess if I had a hero, maybe it's Karen because she basically stay out of everything and said, I ain't here for this. Maybe? Karen is using the group for its actual purpose. Yes, absolutely. But I said, I think... Marissa's bad, Jules is dumb, Zach is bad, Tom is bad. They all wild. You know who's my hero? Who? You. Megan, you're my hero too. You know, I don't want Megan to cry because she got other stuff to do today and her face is done. So I'm not going to be too emotional. I'm not going to be too sappy. But this has been a damn dream. We have had over 100 gorgeous episodes. Asking you to co-host was the smartest thing I ever did. And I got married oh, this year. I know. Andy's standing like right behind you. I'm like, you hear that? <laughs> Andy, you hear that? <laughs> you guys, thank you so, so much for listening to this podcast, going on this journey with us this whole time, sending us messages, like engaging and letting us know other people were listening to our rants on the other side of the microphone. If you're really missing our voices, you can hear us separately on our other podcasts. As I mentioned, Couples Therapy, every Tuesday, me and Andy, who also can't ride a bike, which makes him like Megan. (coughs) 
We answer listeners' relationship questions with the help of fun guests. We also have a Patreon, just $5 a month, two bonus episodes, other fun things. I now am out of a job. Okay, so I will need you to join the page, okay? There is just come in, come in if you can, okay? Yeah. I'm struck. I'm struck. Your girl no longer has any income. So join us on patreon.com slash couples therapy pod. I'm not above it. I'm not above plugging my page, Megan, in this moment. It's a must join now. <laughs> I have my sports podcast, Megan Fun of Sports. My co-host just donated a kidney. So if you love sports, you can hop on over there. And I do have a new podcast about how terrible being a parent is. <laughs> it's really three parents complaining about being parents. Funny comedians, all three of them, yes. though. They're all, it's not just yes. parents. It is Kurt Brownoller, yes. Mega Gilly, Chris Garcia. It's called I Love My Kid, but we just had the iconic, legendary Julie Bowen on this past. Modern Family's very own. It's my favorite episode so far. She drags her kids up and down. <laughs> I believe the episode is entitled and it's a quote from her. My kids smell like shit. <laughs> so it is a really fun one. Naomi, you're just so amazing. So funny. I have loved doing this with you. I don't think this is the end for us. Mm -mm, mm -mm, and, mm -mm. and I'm not even saying that we don't have anything planned. But I, I don't think it's the end for us. I think we will reunite. Yes. Not only with each other, but with all of these incredible fans as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. You guys, don't leave us. Keep tabs. Megan still has 10,000 more followers than me, which does give actor Thomas Gibson a reason to message me instead. It really doesn't make sense. I think of you as much more successful than me. You Look, I think we're equally doing our best. <laughs> and... Speaking of doing their best, our producer, Aisha, thank you so much for bringing us home, taking us across the finish line. You yes. came in mid-pod. You got us going. We created magical, magical episodes together. So thank you very much, Aisha Jordan. Thank you to to Jesse, our, our big boss, and also to former producer, Julie. Julie Magruder, thank you so much. We've had great gals, all gals hands on deck. Thank you all for everything you've done. Thank you, Lifetime, for creating the content. That keeps it coming. Yep. All right, you guys. We will see you when we see you. Au revoir. And don't get murdered. I love a Lifetime movie. This podcast would not be possible if it was just Naomi and me, for sure. I Love a Lifetime movie is produced by Aisha Jordan. With sound editing and mixing by the Podglomerate. Executive produced by Jesse Katz. With original music by Blake Maples. And hosted by Naomi and Megan. You should know that by now if you've gotten to this point. You should know that we're the host, okay? <laughs> I, it feels like we don't even need to say it, but we'll put ourselves in the credits. <laughs>